Welcome to Your Personnel File, a podcast from U.S. Army Human Resources Commission. Your Personnel File explores the programs, policies, and initiatives designed to serve you, the soldier, veteran, and family member. Now, let's join our host and find out what's inside Your Personnel File at HRC. Hello, and welcome to this special edition of Your Personnel File. I'm your host, Bill Costello, and on this episode, we're going to hear from the Commander and Command Sergeant Major of HRC as they reflect on their first year together as the HRC command team, and perhaps give a little insight as to what lies ahead. Today we have in studio Major General Tom Drew and Command Sergeant Major Anthony McAdoo. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Uh, as we start, for our audience members who may not be familiar with you or your career, can you begin by giving us uh, a little bit about yourself? And Sergeant Major, we'll start with you, if that's right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, you know, first of all, I am a a soldier first. So I love the the model that we have here within the Human Resources Command of of soldiers first. But you know, I have a distinct pleasure of serving alongside uh, Major General Drew here as the Human Resources uh, Command Sergeant Major. You know, a few years back, uh, I joined the Army from Kentucky, and my intent was to get out of Kentucky. And you know, throughout my career, with every rank with the exception of Master Sergeant, uh, I've been stationed in Kentucky three times at Fort Campbell, now here uh, at Fort Knox. So I guess the Army said, hey. We still got another station for you to go in Kentucky, but uh, just absolutely love doing it. A lot of people always ask me, uh, with the amount of time I got in, why is it that you continue uh, to serve? And I would tell you that answer is always easy for me uh, because as a leader, we love and enjoy taking care of soldiers and families. And being here at the Human Resources Command, we get to be able to do that for the entire Army uh, as a whole. So just being here and being able to influence positive change on soldiers and take care of soldiers and families is why I continue to serve every soldier, family member, and DA civilian that we are, able to, we are able to positively affect, that is why I continue to serve. So, uh, honored to be here, uh, working with the, uh, 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 the commanding general here, and I know we have great things even coming forward. Great, thanks, sir. All right, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an aviator by trade, uh, so when people see that they, they put an aviation officer here in charge of Human Resource Command, uh, they're like, well, how did, how did that happen? <clears throat> um, well, there have been other aviators in charge of HRC. Uh, Major General Tom Garrett was the HRC commander back in the day. And when I went from being a warrant officer to a commission officer, General Tom Garrett was my battalion commander. And he's the one that, uh, that convinced me to go to OCS and, and start down this path. However, I, I've, I'm, I've been doing personnel stuff for, for a long time. First time I was a battalion S1 was of a Cobra battalion with 1,200 people in it. And that was in 1985. Uh, so I've, I've been a, an S1 three times. I'm also in the old system, the secondary MOS of a personnelist. I was a 1541 in that parlance back in the day. Um, I've spent a lot of time doing um, human resource management and uh, I, I've, I've, I have a passion for it. When, uh, when Secretary Esper and at the time uh, the Chief Staff of the Army, uh, General Milley, kind of came up with this, this new talent management, how we're going to, we want to reshape this system in an all-volunteer army um, on how we do uh, keep talented people in the army. I attended on behalf of my boss, Lieutenant General Fran Baudet uh, in DC, the first talent management conference that we had, and that was back in January of 2019. And I was a USASOC lead for all the talent management initiatives during my two years there as the, the deputy commander. And from there, with all that interaction with the talent management task force, the Army staff on all these initiatives, uh, the chief, uh, chief staff of the Army made me the director of the talent management task force. 
I worked there for a little while and that and then I came here. But I, I think the reason I was excited about this opportunity, because like the Sergeant Major said, you know, we get to help soldiers and families every single day. And this is a passion for me. You know, anybody in this day and age that volunteers to serve in the Army, I'm on their side. And that's kind of how we approach this thing. So it's, it's an honor to be here, especially I got a world-class uh, Command Sergeant Major and uh, Command Sergeant Major McAdoo. And uh, I'm excited to go to work every day. Well, that's awesome. Gentlemen, thank you very much. That's, uh, it's great that you both bring experience, a breadth of experience to, uh, to the current positions. Sergeant Major, you, you assumed your uh, responsibilities in March of 2021 and sir, just a little bit later in July. Now that you've both been in position for over a year, knowing what you know about HRC or what you did know about HRC, uh, what do each of you consider the most important thing or a few of the most important thing you, things you've learned since taking on these new roles? And Sergeant Major, we'll start with you. Well, of course, here come me again. <laughs> no, but being here, you know, I talked earlier about uh, being able to take care of people. Uh, and being here at the Human Resource Command over the last year, the ability to be able to see how everything ties and we have new policy, new initiatives that come out. A lot of times being in the field before, we always see the execution of that is those personnel that work within the Human Resources Command. So the policy comes out and the professionals that are here within the building are the ones that execute it. So in the field, all the soldiers, all the leaders see, hey, HRC has implemented this or HRC is, is, is pushing this. Uh, so what I found out by being here, we don't write the policy here, but what is great about it is on our travels and, and conversations that we have with leaders in the field, or with soldiers in the field, we're able to have conversations with them and they're able to tell us what it is that's working well, what is it's not working well, and what they would kind of like to see to change. So although we don't write the policy here within HRC, we have the ability to influence that policy to senior leaders and not just because of what it is that we see from our foxhole within the building, but it's because of all of those injects that we get from soldiers, families, and everyone in the field that we can bring back and say, hey, this is the way that we are executing this policy-wise. This is some of the feedback from the field. We have some ways that maybe we can address that and make it better suitable for the, the field. So being here, knowing the impact and the influence that we have to be able to influence the change in policy uh, is one of the greatest things that I love about uh, being able to being here is one, we can hear the issues from the field, but at the same time, we can take those issues back and, and, and voice that to senior leadership uh, to get to kind of change the policy. And then at the end of the day, we are the ones that get to go in uh, to the systems and execute that to take care of uh, take care of individuals. Sure. So, so from my perspective, you know, having having been involved in the personnel system for for decades, you know, so so the the army has changed uh, significantly in the last forty years. <clears throat> both in, our, in the size, structure, capabilities of the Army, but also in how the Army sees its people and how we distribute people uh, to ensure we're ready to fight and win our nation's wars. So one of the things we were really good at traditionally is executing the process. And if we have a process for whether it's an assignment, uh, you have to do that, whatever it is, we were very good. And the focus of HRC, you know, it used to be mil percent, you know, and then it was PERSCOM and now it's HRC. But all the way back in the mil percent days, we, we had these, pr th these processes that all aggregated into producing readiness. Well, we did it that way because we had to. Uh, we didn't have email, we didn't have this automation. And yet, you know, the conditions in the, in, in, in the world have changed, certainly the conditions in our society have changed, and our ability to see the Army better has changed. So what, I, what I'm trying to do is, is take all the capabilities, modernize that, make it more dynamic. I need to know more about every soldier and their family 
because just my impression is HRC was very process-oriented because for decades and decades we had to be. Well, that's not the, the conditions have changed. I want to change the culture of HRC to be one of customer service and not oriented on process. Because in an all-volunteer army, I need to keep talented people. We've been given that mission by the Chief of Staff and the Secretary of the Army. Uh, we want the most talented army we have. Okay, I can operate that, off that intent. But it really comes down to how do I interact with every soldier and family in the Army, and as we see, ooh, that was a bad result. I need to internally, within HRC, fix it. So I've, I've been in command just over a year, and every time we make a bad decision as, as the you know, HRC um, and distribution, I write down what data did I, did I need to make a better decision. I've been doing this for a year. And, it, and, and that seems to be something that I am going to incorporate to make sure that we can see the Army and their families better and also uh, be more customer service. I, I, the responses that, that, you, that I see, because I, I have a lot of friends in the field that uh, give me direct feedback, you know, it can't be, well, according to this thing, you know, the timeline, the this, the that, this policy. In, in layman's terms, how I, I got what you want to do, all of us at HRC have to help you to achieve that goal if we can. Right. Now, it's individual based and, you know, and there's a lot of competition out there and we have an extremely talented army, so everybody's not going to get to do exactly what they want. But that interaction has to be one of, of the institution of the Army, HRC, uh, connecting with these soldiers and families to make the best decision for the Army and for those soldiers. And I, I want to make sure that that's loud and clear and, and, we, and, and the Army feels it. And we're getting, we're yeah. getting a lot of positive feedback yeah. on how we, not me personally, although I talked to, I was just talking to a captain that called my cell phone uh, 30 minutes ago because everybody has my personal cell phone. But, you know, it's not just, but the organization, you know, and, and, and it's, it's kind of the untold story is on the, on the enlisted side and the officer side, the people assigned here uh, are doing a phenomenal job. They are exactly meeting the secretary and the chief's intent on putting people first and meaning having a conversation, explaining it. We still have readiness requirements, but there's a difference in just the system, the old system. You just yeah. get this RFO, you don't have any contact, because you know I've been in the Army for 40 years. That's the way it used to be. That's not good, because everybody has options today. So it has to be one of that connection. And our career managers out there, I gotta tell you, I couldn't be more impressed uh, with their personal attention for every soldier. They give assignment instructions or RFOs especially in our preferencing models. If I'm going pretty far down your preferencing model, they're reaching out and going, hey, listen, here, here's mm -hmm. where you landed. We haven't sent you assignment instructions yet, but here's, let me tell you the backstory. Is there's only so many of you, I've got this readiness requirement, you know, and, and you explain it to them. So even though they may not want to do it, if they understand it, and we, the institution of the Army, connecting with that soldier and their family, they're like, okay, they know it's me, uh, and they know they're making me do something tough, but at least, with that personal interaction, you know, th they'll go do that thing. And, uh, and hopefully on the backside, we can uh, give them one of their higher preferences. That's yeah. great. And just, just to, to add, because the CG, you know, he always talks about processes oriented to customer service oriented. And I just want to bring this up because, you know, the reason that the organization is able to do that now is because of the flexibility uh, that, that, that the CG has given to leaders within the organization to make a decision that is customer service based. 
And we say a lot of times, you know, HRC, we are here to talk to people. We are the customer service representative for everyone in the Army. So if we were relying just specifically on the process of the model that was there, then we wouldn't have anything to customer service. But whenever our leaders within the organization have been, they've been empowered to make decisions to take care of families sometimes, uh, that's, that is getting us into that direction right there. That's why we're able to quickly do it because it's not having to push it all the way to General Drew or to myself to say, hey, can we make this decision to better take care of the family and, 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 their, uh, and the soldier? It's no, you have been empowered uh, to, to do that. So that's what he means when he talks about going from a process-oriented uh, to a uh, uh, to a customer service oriented organization. Yeah, that's great, gentlemen. That's that's great. And if, if we could freelance for a, just a little bit based on those two answers, Sergeant Major, you talked about having candid conversations with the policymakers as HRC tries to execute those policies. So you talked about um, changes of the last four years and how you've seen the Army develop. Um, let's take a peek into the future, if we will. Um, how will soldiers in the field uh, see those changes that you're talking about? Well, from my perspective, so all of those things that we can't see, so, so one of the things that in all of the, the branch chiefs and everybody uh, in the organization, you know, we inadvertently paint red lines in front of soldiers and families, you know, not intentionally because we're, we're trying to do the right thing, but if I can't see a piece of information that, uh, and then I give them this assignment, the, the response back is, well, I can't do that. So, like I said, I've been. Uh, this list is very long at this point after a year, but but I, I have judiciously recorded those because I got to integrate that data so that I can see that information. So we are armed to make sure we're meeting the goals of the Army and these soldiers. So that's th that that is one of those things where we have to incorporate an IPSA, which is coming online, gives us the ability to see better soldiers and families. So so when I got here. Um, I talked to all the branch chiefs and the, and the uh, directors, and you know, so it's the, the the example I gave is, I need to change basic things, and everybody's used to it. So high school stabilization. So a soldier out there in the field, they have a so you know because of the key and developmental time and the career developing timelines, we're going to move them. The army plan to move them uh, between the, the the junior and senior year of their child's high school years. Well, in the system that we currently have, it requires the soldier, that family, to go, hey, we need to stabilize for this purpose. That's not a good process. Uh -huh. The institution of the Army should know when we send them to this installation that they're going to have a rising senior at the end of this normal key and developmental or career developing timeline, and we should offer that soldier, hey, listen, we notice that at the end of this normal tour, you're gonna to have a, 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 a rising senior in your family. Would you like us to extend, you know, in this case, year a month available to move, the YMAV, to the end of that, or would you like, you know, to move? That's a totally different representation if you're a family. One of, I've gotta push the system and request right. to do the right thing for my family, or is the Army, the institution of the Army, looking ahead and trying to do the right thing and giving you and your family a decision prior to. And that, so is, that, a big change. that it, is a big change. It is. It's Even though the end result is the same, it, it's, it's our ability to project. Because now, instead of the 4187 I get for high school stabilization, I've already programmed that in. As we do requirements with the account managers and all that, I've already factored that in there. I know that that soldier's going to be there, that skill and grade. You know, so I, I can project out a little bit better. It changes so. the question from can I stay to would you like to stay. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. Sorry, Major. 
Yeah, no, it's just just uh, all of those things, and, and it's those conversations back and forth with HRC. And we talked about when we first started this uh, this journey, we talked a lot about transparency and responsiveness because we've all had some scar tissue from before. Um, but like we tell our, our, our leaders here within the organization all the way, the way that the field is going to see that we have their best interest at hand is we have to have those conversations back and forth with them. It can't be, hey, the doors closed, HRC, don't call it there unless you're this leader or this in this position. It's not that. It's not that. We are here as the customer service representative for every single soldier in the United States Army. So when I'm talking about transparency, we've all been in the Army long enough to know we've been in certain situations. Uh, we've been told to do certain things that we may, may not necessarily wanted to do or been told to go certain places that maybe we didn't want to go to. And a lot of times the, we, we got back, hey, just go because we told you. The transparency part of that uh, is that now we are having that conversation with the soldiers saying, hey, we can't affect this now or maybe we can affect this later. Or here's a different opportunity or here's a reason why we can't do that. So as I stated before, many times we've been told to do something that we didn't want to go or to go do something that we didn't want to do or go somewhere they didn't want to go. We had leadership at the time that would say, okay, this is why that you have to do that. Not saying that now that we necessarily agreed with, but now we understood it, which means that we owned it and we was able to go forward. So that transparency piece is whether we'll get the feedback from the field that shows that HRC, we are changed the way that we are looking at, at taking care of uh, uh, every individual soldier within the United States Army. That's great. Sorry, Major, let me, let me go again off script a little bit. Um, when is it appropriate for a soldier to use the chain of command to address some of these concerns or come directly to HRC? No, at, at always. Soldiers should always use their chain of command to address issues. And, and, and you bring that up, and, and I say a lot of times, too, is a lot of times when people, you know, we forget the way it was when we were growing up. Every soldier, when you came in, when you got a, if you had an issue and you went to your direct line leader right there, your first line leader was squally, whatever, and they gave you an answer that didn't make sense to you, what did you do? You went to that platoon sergeant. Same thing happened, then you went to your first one. So that's, that's the same thing. Always give your leadership the opportunity uh, to, to, to affect something. Uh, but like I said, it's still, at the end of the day, HRC is here for each and every soldier. Give your leadership the opportunity to address your concerns or issues and get it fixed. Uh, and, and if it's still not you know, uh, uh, palatable for, to, for the individual, absolutely contact HRC, your branch manager, talent manager, whoever it is here within the building. That's great. Sir, if I can go off script with you for a minute. Every year, a new generation of leaders comes through Fort Knox, and I'm talking about the cadet summer training. Um, I wonder if you've been out there this year to see any of those cadets. I have, and um, um, I, I've talked to a bunch of them, and every time I'm out there, and you know, I, I do a lot of, uh, I ride a bike a lot for PT, so anytime I'm out there and I see them kind of out here on Range Road, kind of um, clustered by the road, I'll pull up, hey, how's it going? You know, I'm Tom Drew, I'm the guy in charge of HRC, so what do you think? How's it going? And um, so I do interact with them. Uh, a lot, um, and I, I go to their graduations, and some of them, obviously, I've, I've got connections with their parents and, and, and things like that. So I have had a lot of interaction with them, and, and I tell you that the takeaway from me is um, what, what a great group of young people, you know, motivated to, to serve their country uh, in, in a very trying time. Uh, it's, uh, it's so impressive. So I feel good about the future of the Army. And so, you know, a couple of them are graduating uh, here, um, I believe, tomorrow. And I said, hey, as soon as you graduate, you know, my house is right there. Just come on by and, <laughs> and say hello and, and uh, let me know what you think. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it does, it makes you feel young again seeing, seeing the Army and this experience through their eyes. So uh, I cherish the time I get to spend with them. The Army's in good hands. They are. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, gentlemen, we're coming close to the end of our time. I'll give you the I'll give you the microphone for any closing comments. And again, sorry, Major, we'll start off with you. 
Thanks, you know, our opportunity here to address the, uh, the field. HRC here, uh, once again, and I stated from the beginning, I love working here uh, at Human Resources Command because we have the ability to be able to take care of family members of the Army uh, as a whole. What we understand here from this standpoint, for everyone in the Army, there are so many competing priorities, so many, you know, a lot of times we're, we're short on resources, whether it's personnel, a lot of stuff. There's all kind of things that are going on that the soldier has to worry about. The Army being in the Army is a hard job. And like I said, not everyone can physically or can mentally do it. But our intent here at HRC is to try to do everything that we can to help minimize some of those other administrative issues or concerns that soldiers may have, whether it's whether or not their family's gonna be able to go with them somewhere, whether they're not gonna be able to get promotion and go to school, whatever. So we're doing everything we can to help mitigate some of those uh, concerns that they have because we want them to stay ready and stay mentally prepared, you know, to go out there and train and be able to do what it is that they came in the Army to do, which is deploy, fight, uh, and win our nation's war. So uh, readiness entails a whole lot of tangible things, you know, uh, with equipment, uh, they got a whole bunch of training right there, but absolutely none of that is even possible without the soldier. Uh, so our, our intent here is to do everything that we can uh, to mitigate, as I stated before, to mitigate those other administrative issues or concerns that a soldier may have. Know that they can reach out to HRC if something just doesn't make sense to them, because like I said, we want their mentality, their mind to be still prepared to be able to uh, do that, the thing that they came, that they joined the United States Army uh, to do. So with that, sir, that's all I have. Well, I just, again, it's an honor to come to work every day. I have a passion for this. Uh, I'm excited every day, and, and I get phone calls every night, weekends, uh, from people in the field. Uh, and, and sometimes it's a personal situation, but the backdrop is, you know, the, the, the Army need, can do better at these things. And uh, so, so our drive between Command Star Major McAdoo and I is let, let's modernize this system. Let's know more about these folks. Let's defeat some of the asymmetries of information that we have created in the personnel system where we, we know what's out there. You know, the marketplace has given transparency on the enlisted, mm -hmm. uh, on the NCO side and the officer side to what's available. That was not the case even five years ago. Now they can see what's out there. So breaking down those asymmetries information of the system and the individual soldier and family, I think we're getting there. We got, we got some miles to march to get to this objective. Uh, but uh, I, I always appreciate people reaching out and saying, hey, listen, have you thought of doing this? Uh, this is my situation. This was the impact. How do we you know, not have this happen again? Uh, so uh, it's, uh, it's a great place. And, uh, and I tell you, you know, we couldn't have a, a more focused chief of staff of the Army. You know, the people first thing is not, is not a mindless mantra for uh, General McConville. He believes it. Um, and everywhere he goes in the field, uh, he, he expects to see it, and it starts with us right here at HRC. So it's, uh, it's been very rewarding, and I look forward to the future. Well, thank you, gentlemen. It sounds like it's exciting times, 2022 and 2023 ahead for both HRC and our Army at large. Um, we have been talking with Major General Thomas Drew, the Commanding General of Army Human Resources Command, and Command Sergeant Major Anthony McAdoo, our uh, Command Sergeant Major. Uh, gentlemen, thank you again for joining us today, and we are out. Your Personnel File is a monthly podcast brought to you by the Army Human Resources Command Public Affairs Office, located at Fort Knox. Our technical support was provided by the HRC Audiovisual Team. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Your Personnel File.